second episode of the Mac Geeks podcast. I am your host, Jacob Hughley, and I am really excited to be bringing this podcast to you guys. Um, I actually just got off the call with Coach Garland over at UVA and uh, Mr. Jack Mueller, who I've been doing a bunch of podcasts with. Um, I had a really good time getting into the lineup that UVA is going to be putting out this year. Um, if you guys are listening to this podcast, you've probably already read my uh, UVA lineup preview for the year coming up. Um, but if you haven't, go ahead and head over to our Rockfin channel. It is completely free to view all of my content on Rockfin. You just have to sign up and make an account so you can see it. Um, but it is 100% free. I highly suggest going on there because I'm going to be putting out all kinds of ACC stuff. Um, but this podcast specifically is made um, to follow up that lineup preview, right? Because my lineup previews are all kind of uh, objective viewpoint from, you know, outside of the program, but I thought it'd be really cool and a really fun twist to also get some of the coaches on the call for the specific teams and talk to them about their team coming or moving forward. So uh, for this first edition of that, like I said, we had Coach Garland on the call and Jack Mueller on the call. Um, and we got into a really good conversation about what their lineup looks like moving forward. Uh, you know, some of the, the sleeper guys in the lineup, you know, how people are recovering from injuries, red shirts and all kinds of crazy stuff. It's always a good time talking with Coach Garland and Jack. So um, I'm going to quit talking and let you guys get into it. And of course, what better way to start a call with Jack and Coach Garland than to talk about how Jack doesn't like to answer his phone. <laughs> I used to drive me crazy with that. Hurry, he hurts my feelings with that, man. The other day I texted him. I was like, hey, dude, I texted you like five times. Can I, can you, anything? Can you give me something back? And he's like, oh, I'm really bad with my phone. Sorry, coach. <laughs> man, Sorry. I hate texting so much. I would much rather someone call me. Be like, hey, I'm, hey, I'm giving you a call. Or, hey, can you talk on the phone? Because if you just start like texting back and forth, I get like, I mean, I'm not going to be sitting there for 10 minutes just texting. I'd rather be on the phone, and then I could do something else, you know? Here's my interaction with him. Oh, my gosh. Jack, how's your training? How's your Bible studies? How's your face? No response. So I write back at 7 a.m. I write him back. Hey, just got 300 on squat for five reps. Smith machine dough. I won't stop texting, Jack. I just won't. <laughs> then, then my next one, yep, I'm free. And then finally he goes, all right, you're the man. Can I call you later? I'm a bad texter. That's, that's our most recent interaction. <laughs> no, the yep, I'm free came after I asked you. <laughs> you can talk. Don't, don't weave that in there. <laughs> well, that makes me feel better because if he's not replying to you, then, yeah, he's not going to reply to me. So, Dude, I don't even – reply to Colleen, like my girlfriend. I'm just talk to me on the phone. <laughs> like, hey, I'm gonna call you. Is that cool? Yeah, sure. Call me at this time. Bam. It's over. 20 minute conversation. And you know, it's perfect. It's Dude, perfect. That's, that's one thing I'm so glad it's done. I think coach, you probably never had to deal with it was when I was growing up, I've been with my wife since we were 14. And there's probably a period of like five six years where we like text all day long like just oh, all, day, the all the time and wow. i'm so glad that's not a thing anymore and we're just like we only talk to each other when we actually have something going on <laughs> it's not just like meanlessly texting back and forth about the same stuff all the time uh it's the same conversation what's up how are you doing and like yeah. if you start talking on the phone it's like you just start getting in like uh keep going down the rabbit hole and then you you really get to know someone i think texting it's very scratch the surface you don't really get to understand and there's no wit to it you know there's no sarcasm can't understand that you can't read sarcasm in words and you gotta love that so that's true are we gonna yeah. talk some wrestling or not? Yeah. hey 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 rabbit holes we're learning about each other right now straight marriage talk stop it you stop hey. it <laughs> You want, you want me to go off on marriage and how much it sucks? I can go off on that. <laughs> Man, if I wanted to talk straight wrestling and not get off on any rabbit holes, I would not have brought both of y'all on here at the same time. Let's do it. Come on. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, obviously, I put out the, uh, the UVA uh, lineup look for this year. Um, first of all, let me know. What do you think, Coach? I know we've talked off camera, but uh, I got to get you on the record. 
Yeah, no, I, th I thought you were ranking. Well, first of all, let me, I just realized what I just said. Alton Brayer sucks. Let, let me cover that because my wife. What about the rabbit holes? Talking goes even worse and worse. Then you have to create reasons to talk. So anyway, back to, back to what you said. I thought your ACC rankings were fantastic. And I also thought that your write-up on our program was one of the best I've ever seen in, in, in the 14 years as head coach. And I mean that sincerely, not just because. We're, we're boys now. I, I meant it. I, I, it was detailed. It was accurate. You you were very smart about not picking sides on certain things, you know, it's just because, frankly, it's just a prediction. You don't know. I mean, and we've got – we're in a really good place. One of the things I wanted to talk about and hit on is we have a lot of good competition going on in our room. We've got deep weight classes. We've got a 40-man roster right now. I mean, we are deep, and there's going to be a lot of studs banging heads in there, and nothing is guaranteed in our wrestling room, and that's, that's a really good place to be because – Jack can tell you there was times when we were really thin. And I remember oh, yeah. telling you, when you were fresh, I'm like, I'm never, we're ne if I'm going to do everything I can to make sure we never get back to this place. And, and I'm, praise God, we're, we are in a place now where we have three deep, you know, and, and we've got even, you know, the predicted starters or whatever you want to say, the upperclassmen, so to speak, you also got three-time state champs that are, that are probably going to redshirt, that are going to be ready, you know, when they're needed. And so it's, that's an exciting thing for us. So you, I thought you did a great job. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, uh, I sat down and did it for a long time, was researching and trying to do my best without actually knowing these people. You know, you guys are in the room and, and know them personally, and I'm just following, you know, any videos I can find and stats and whatnot. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what's cool, man, especially with your team is like seeing all the, the depth and um, yeah, you got guys on the bench, like you're saying, that are multiple times state champs in this state and all this kind of stuff. And the predicted starters that I put are just like, I mean, what I can kind of gather. I mean, obviously that can be completely different. And I tried to stay as, as unbiased as I could. Cause you know, I feel like my job is just to put it out there for people to see and, you know, do whatever they want to do with it. Um, I'm not picking sides. Yeah. Unless aside from uh, was it 174 where you got two roommates might have to pick sides in that one. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we can start right off the bat. Yeah. I Five. I mean, obviously, as you put, I thought thought you you handled it well too. Putting in the write up about it's really hard to, if not impossible, to replace Jack. And but I mean, I say, and this is a big but. Jack's favorite guy to go with, and, and and a guy that we've seen blossom in the last two years is Patch McCormick, uh, a guy who, you know, not only did he knock off two top fifteen ranked guys last year, including one guy who was ranked as high as twelfth, and and in and in pretty solid fashion, he was. Um, going with Jack every single day in the room. And then, oh, by the way, the guy who's going to be pushing him every step of the way and, and frankly, that wants to spot in the worst way and wants to take Patch out is Ben Kamali, who um, was a U23 All-American, three-time state champ, Flow Nationals champ, you know. And, and, oh, by the way, Patch was a four-time state champ in Virginia. So we've got two animals going at it right off the bat. And, um, and so that's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting to, obviously, God willing, they stay healthy to see where they go. And then the two little guys who are going to be redshirting are – New Yorkers, man. I had, I had to get some New Yorkers back in the fold, man. It's been a long time. Uh, these guys are Long Island guys. Um, uh, Joe Contrastana. Contrastana. I always mess with his name. Contrastano and uh, Josiah Encarnacion. Uh, we're really excited for them. And, and uh, those are guys that are underrated guys that a lot of people don't know about, but uh, multiple-time New York State placers and, and going to be really good. High school All-Americans, the whole thing, both NHSC All-Americans. So, you know, four deep at a weight class where, frankly – a couple of years ago when Louie didn't make weight, we had to forfeit the weight. Remember that, Jack? Remember that? That, so, was, that was two years ago. Two years ago. I mean, we had, I mean, you, you can't imagine. I remember one year at ACC's, we were so thin. We took second in the ACC conference in 2009. We lost by one bout and we went into the tournament without a 25 pounder because our starter blew his ACL out and we didn't have anybody behind him. And, and think, now we've got those four. So, it's exciting for me because I, I remember the horror of going back on the bus thinking, I can't believe we, we would have won the tournament. One win. We win the tournament. And that's how close we were. And so we never want to be in that place again. So it's exciting now to have the – and plus, I'm obviously selfish. I'm a lightweight. So I got a lot of guys to go with now myself. Yeah. Um, I'll jump in. I think, uh, I, like Coach said, whenever I wasn't going with Earl or, or Trent or, or Coach himself, I would go with Patch. He was like my number one guy. It was on the team to go with. He's kind of been like uh, like a protege almost in terms of wrestling. Um, I brought him up to NCAAs with me. He was the guy that got me ready for every match. Um, he's got a sweet feel, and I think now that he's starting to grow up, he's getting a 
he's getting thicker, he's getting more muscle, and he's uh, going to be a real problem for people. Um, and I, I love the dude to death. I, I mean, I love all these guys for sure, um, and I want them all to succeed. Um, but, like, nipping at his heels, and, I mean, some would say Patch is nipping at Ben's heels. Um, ben, when Ben was recruited, he was always thought to be the guy and just the, the growth that Patch has had in the past year um, was amazing. Um, he went from a guy that had probably had a losing record as a red shirt to he'd be ranked last year, you know. Um, so, but Ben, when he's on, Ben's on, man. He's, he's tough to score on. He, he can get, uh, get takedowns, um, good on the mat. Um, he's a guy that's, that's really hard to wrestle. Um, and when he when he has his his uh, doo doo together, he's he's a tough mother effer, and uh, that's a weight class that these guys are only going to make each other better. And it's not going to be a bad choice for UVA um, with either of these guys. Um, I love them both. So, a couple questions with it. Um, first of all, I noticed uh, for Ben, it, it looks like obviously he took a red shirt year his freshman year, competed, had 18 matches, um, and then last year he was hurt and didn't wrestle at all. Um, it says on WrestleStat, I'm going off of WrestleStat because they have all of the information right here. Um, obviously, there's stuff that you know is right and wrong. So I just want to get clarification, but they have him listed as a sophomore for this year. Has he, is he applying for a medical or what's the situation? So he had a season-ending injury last year, so he literally didn't compete at all. So that's, we've, we've put in for the year, yeah. Okay, yeah, because that's what I wrote in there. I, I just assumed that that was probably the case. Um, but yeah, if that goes through, cool. You got four more years of him. Um, so how, you know, obviously all these conversations, I'm just trying to get into it a little bit more. Um, you guys can always plead the fifth, but, uh, you know, what does that, what does that go look like in the room with those two guys? We haven't seen it in a long time. So your oh. guess is as good as ours, you know, cause Ben has been injured. Um, but when they, when they were both healthy, Man, it was a it was a scrap. And some days Ben would get the best, and some days Patch would get the best. Um, you ever see the cartoons with Bugs Bunny cartoons where they're fighting and the little foot comes out and then this comes out? And yeah, that's how it is. It's yeah. a scrap. It's, it's a scrap. Time, yeah. It's just they're just kill each other. Yeah, it's cool. a it's gonna be fun. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. So with a situation like that, um, obviously I'm not a college coach, so you know, talking to you, coach, how does how do you make a decision for the lineup there? I mean, I know that in high school, for me, it's real clear cut, right? The guy that wants to wrestle off goes out because I don't want to deal with parents and all that kind of stuff. But um, how's it work in college with these two guys? Well, Say they're well, just equal. Well, in a, in a non-COVID year, a normal year, it's, it's actually fairly simple. You set them both to tournaments, you know, a couple opens, whoever competes better. Last year, we did the Keystone Classic where we were able to bring two guys at most weights, and the guy who did the best was the guy, you know? Um, and it's, that's, that's that simple. We had a guy, like we had a, we had a battle at 49 last year between Michael Murphy and Denton Spencer. Denton Spencer won the tournament and beat a nationally ranked guy in the finals. And Michael had a good tournament, but he took seven, you know? So it's a, it's completely different. That was fairly easy to decipher, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but it, now that now with COVID, it's going to be a lot different because we're not competing until January one and they're in open tournaments as we know it. Hate to let the cat out of the bag here, but they're pretty much gone, I would think, with COVID right now. I mean, unless there's a vaccine, I don't see anybody doing any open tournaments anytime soon, if, if, unless they're crazy. You know, I mean, I just can't see any department, athletic department, based on the last six months of all the Zoom calls and meetings and everything I've been on. There's just no way. So now we're going to have to do – we might – I'm not exactly sure, to be honest, but we're probably going to have to do old school two out of three wrestle-off or set up a tournament in our wrestling room or, you know, create – because. To me, you have to create the competition because the competition is the only thing that matters. The practice room is great. Your effort matters. But results in the practice room don't mean a whole lot. There's, we all know this. There's plenty of guys across the country that are practice room heroes that when the, when the stuff gets going and it's the real lights and the singles on and the nerves are there and people are cheering, they wrestle different. And there's also guys that wrestle really well in the room because they know the guy. You know, my, a lot of people don't know this, but – uh, I think it was either my junior or senior year. I won a wrestle off in, in, um, in overtime, double overtime, I think. And I'm not going to, he's, he's a good friend of mine. So I'm not trying to be a jerk, but that, that, that guy, the rest of the season, I don't even know what his record was, but I ended up taking second in the country and he was maybe 500 at best. Right. So it's like, and he's my boy. So I'm not trying to be a dirt jerk. I'm just saying like, he would even admit the seasons weren't even comparable, but because we were buddies and lived together and wrestled every day together, he knew how to wrestle me. 
And so it's not about just the, that's why it's hard. Sometimes you just, you got to see the guy compete. And, and to Jack's point about, about his development, Patch's development in particular is it, well, they're both gamers. And, I, and so, but Patch, when he, last year, what we saw was a guy who didn't give a heck. He didn't give a rip who he was wrestling, what the guy's record was. I mean, when he won the national collegiate open last year, I'm just going to say it, the kid he was wrestling was a better athlete. But Pat's just said, I'm, he made a decision in that match. I'm not losing. I'm going to find a way to win. And I'm not even sure how he did. Like, he didn't even hit moves. He just kept beating him. <laughs> he just kept beating the kid in every position just because he's that tough. And that's, you know, Ben has that type of competitiveness too when he, when he wants to, when he's focused. So um, I, I, we're just going to have to find a way to co- create that competitive environment and then go from there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I said, the, in my write-up, obviously I had to pick somebody. So I ended up putting, uh, putting Patch for the projected starter um, that was just based off of these wins that he's had. And, you know, I know looking back at them, you alluded to him earlier. Uh, he beat Killian Cardinal, who's was of um, old dominion and is now going to be at West Virginia. Um, and he also beat Jonathan Trapia of Ryder, who was pretty highly ranked at the time. Um, I know that, you know, Trapia obviously had a good year. Cardinal, I think is definitely a really, really good win. Um, and, you know, what did you guys think when he beat a guy of that caliber? I mean, I'm assuming you probably already thought that he was that caliber and all that, but that kind of, you know, cements it for you. Um, I mean, I feel like because I always had him as my partner, I feel like I always kind of knew that he had some untapped potential in him um, just because of the way he felt, the way he moved. He didn't move like, uh, like a normal freshman. He just, he, uh, he did the right reactions and, you don't get that out of a lot of guys. Um, but the cool thing about this win was that Killian had his number throughout high school. Um, he, he had never beaten him. Uh, they grew up together, never, ever beaten him. And then he took it to him at Virginia Duels, which is, like, put on by his dad. His dad actually, like, runs the tournament. And so there were a ton of it, like, his old high school, uh, like, friends, uh, family, whatever. So the whole crowd in the arena is going nuts for him and patch is losing it on the mat. We're losing it on the, the, the sideline, you know, and uh, you know, just right then and there, you start thinking, all right, well, Jack's going to be gone next year, but at least we have this guy that's, that's going to be an all American contender. Um, and not only that, we got a guy that's right next to him that could also contend to be very, very good. Yeah, because it's funny. When you mentioned in field, Jack, so Kamali was his freshman year when he was healthy. I went with him. He, I went with him probably more than anyone. And one of my favorite things to do with him is do long spars. Like all the grind matches that year I did with him. And he's got a really, 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 really good feel. As a matter of fact, in scrambles, I would say at least that year, he was the best, best uh, of all the kids in his age group. So you're right, man. That's going to be funny. I'm starting to think back now on some of their, some of their goes in the room. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see them compete and see who ends up taking the spot. Um, definitely got to be exciting. You know, I was looking it up to make sure uh, Killian Cardinal was an honorable mention All-American. So uh, definitely a good win to have on the resume. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep rolling if you guys are cool with that. Yeah. All right. So let's go down to 133, um, where we have obviously returning starter is going to be Louis Hayes. Behind him, Sam Brook, Trey Lane, and then a couple of guys that are redshirting. Uh, Coach, can you walk us through what 133 looks like from your perspective? Yeah, so for me, I think I personally think, and I hope I don't sound dramatic saying this, I think Louis Hayes is one of the most underrated wrestlers in America. Um, you know, he took third at the World Team Trials, uh, the U- U23 World Team Trials. Him and Jack, like, they've had some battles over the years. I mean, when they wrestled in the quarterfinals of U23s the year Jack made the World Team, um, that was a crazy, crazy match. He was in the All-America round as a redshirt freshman. I mean, he – He's, he's, he's got a laundry list of ranked guys he's beaten over the years. He's really, really tough. And, you know, what, what's killed him over the years is he's had these crazy close losses too, though, where he's like, you know, with, the, with a top 10 guy, and he's just like the kid from Illinois last year. He's just about to knock him off, and he gets rolled through on a headlock or something. It's just like it's crazy things like that have happened too that have maybe kept him out of his being ranked higher than he is. But last year, the telltale for me that he had broken through is when he beat the young man from NC State, who I think is really tough. He beat him for third and fourth at ACC's and avenged a loss during the season. He also beat the kid from uh, Virginia Tech, who's, I think, again, is really tough. He beat him twice last year, including pretty handily at ACC's and Colin Girardi, who I think is a really tough kid. So, you know, he's got those wins under his belt. He's a fifth year. He's mature. He wants it. 
Um, and then again, you know, then behind him, we've got guys like Trey Lane, who's a three-time state champ from powerhouse program, Brandon, Florida, Sam book, who's a, a st multiple state champ from Virginia, who actually um, has got a lot of wins under his belt over the years as well. And then uh, two freshmen, that are total studs, Dylan Cedeno, second New Jersey States uh, got a million accolades and uh, Evan Buchanan, who's a three-time state champ from Virginia. So there's going to be a lot of, there's just right there. You got what five guys at one weight that are all pretty scrappy dudes. So it's pretty exciting, but but yeah, we, Louis our leader this year with Jack leaving. We needed JL on him to step up. So Louis going to have to come out of a shell in some respects. He leads by example. He's one of the toughest, hardest working guys you meet. He's in the, he's getting a master's in business right now. He's in the MS in commerce, which is arguably the most decorated program at UVA. Um, so he's got a lot on his plate, but he's also not one of those vocal leaders. Whereas Jack, you know, I don't, I don't know. I wasn't in these player only meetings, but Jack would take the dudes in the hallway and get into them and lay into him and we don't need to get into what he said but it was they, they got the point across let's just say that I think Louie's gonna have to do a lot more of that this year so uh, you know why I'm bringing that up is because I don't want to just talk about the wrestling stuff it's like also leadership and how you run a program it starts with your best guys and trickles down so that's going to be a big piece for him this year yeah for sure and I mean looking back at you know his first couple of years I mean he's a senior this year so he was around a 12 guy in his freshman season 31 and 18 um Falling short, he, he lost to Sebastian Rivera in the blood round. I think we all know he's pretty good. Um, but, you know, he, since then he moved up to 133. Do you think, was there maybe an adjustment period moving up a weight class? Oh, for no sure. Doubt. Yeah, to Jack and speak to that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still think he should go down, but that's just a personal opinion. Um, I think he's better when he's like a, a bully and he's mean. And, uh, I mean, he can, he can get it done at 33. He can win some matches. Um, but I think that the more that Louis sacrifices and, and realizes that he worked for it, I think that um, he'll be tougher because he's just meaner. When he's a mean wrestler, he's really good. And when he's comfortable, he's not very good. Um, love the guy. But that's, that's honestly how I feel. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean – so obviously this is this is Louis uh, behind Louis. What what are you guys looking at there? I know obviously Louis graduating this year. So what's the future hold for for this weight for you guys? Well, again, I think there's a lot of options. I mean, again, Evan Buchanan's a three-time state champ from Virginia. Dylan Cedeno is an absolute stud from New Jersey. Um, Sam Book's got another year. Trey Lane is just a kid. He's a red shirt. Going to be a red shirt freshman for us this year. He's a three-time state champ. It actually has 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 great feel as well he had a really bad knee injury last year so he didn't wrestle a whole lot but he'll be back and um and you know we're always recruiting too right i mean it, we're always somebody recently a recruit a, a kid with a lot of courage asked me coach where do i fit in i just saw all these guys you just got committed you know where where do i fit in and i said son you fit in where you want to fit in like in other words you know jack mueller wouldn't worry about who was in the weight class <laughs> when he got here it's like you're gonna come if you're the man you're gonna come in and be the man you know, and, and, and Rob Cole's not apologizing for having 65 awesome dudes on his roster, right? Or however, I mean, I'm joking about that number, but there's like depth everywhere. You know, I never heard Gable once in an interview go, I'm just so sorry that I didn't have studs at every weight. I'm just, gosh, I wish I wouldn't have done a good job of that recruiting, right? So it's like, and the kid got it and he, he respected me for it and said, thank you, coach, for saying that. Thank you for answering that straight up. It's like, we're always going to have, create those, um, you know, God willing, we're going to create that, that depth where it's always going to be a competition to make the team. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously a, it's a good thing to have. And, you know, just because you don't break through in your first year doesn't mean that you're not going to have success later. Um, you know, I hate to, to point at Penn state because everybody points at him, but their most recent, uh, you know, example of that would be Kassar, right? He didn't get in the lineup and then we finally did won a national title. So, you know, just cause they don't get in right away, it doesn't mean that, you know, their career is over or anything like that. Um, sure, and I good. think when you mentioned Kassar, I got to coach him at the 2015 junior world team. I was an assistant coach and team chaplain for that team. I, and I loved him. I, but I also think that people got to give him credit, not just for his physicalness, but for his physical attributes, but for his loyalty. He stuck around when things didn't work out. A lot of kids press the easy button and transfer when it doesn't work out. Yeah. You know? and, and, I, and I think we've got, you know, whenever you look at a weight clash, there's guys at 25 that can move up. There's, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. But what I want to see is guys who are, who honor what they said when we recruited them and said, we're in this for it to build Virginia wrestling too. the Virginia wrestling family. It's not just about me. 
You know, a lot of people say they're about the team until personal glory goes out the window. The Kassars of the world are going to be a thing in the past, right? Where a guy hangs with it, sticks with his team, pops out, wins a national title. Well, what about you, coach? I mean, like, you lost your wrestle off your junior year of college. Yeah. And then the next, you stuck around, and the next year you made the national finals. I think that a national title means more than being a four year starter. And I think you got to look at it like that. Um, you're going to transfer out and go to a worse school like or a, just a different school like i don't know i mean i think that if you could see yourself being a national t champion you gotta stay with it one more thing i want to say about louis um i think that this year if it if it happens and it's shortened so like say january through march whatever i think that it's gonna really help of two guys on our starting lineup and one of them is louis hayes i think that we're gonna see a different louis um, I think with a five-month, four-month preseason, I think we're going to see a really, really good Louie by the time competition comes. And uh, I don't know. I'm excited. I think that fifth-year Louie where he has nothing on – I mean, he's in a really tough program, but nothing really on his plate um, because it's done. Like his school is pretty much done. Yeah. I, think, I think he's going to be really, really good, and I'm pumped for it. Um, so yeah, that's what I want to say. Yeah. Thanks, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, actually that, that brought up a good, uh, question that I had for you coach. I think you kind of mentioned it before. Um, obviously, you know, we have a, a bunch of conferences that have been moving back to second semester. Um, I think for the ACC, it hasn't officially been announced for that yet, but you mentioned January 1st, right? So like, what do you know about the season that you can tell us? Well, it's pretty simple. It's, it's all public knowledge. So, you know, obviously the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the Southern Conference, the IWA, everyone's already on record. It's They're not starting until January. So that's just is what it is. And, and then the ACC coaches, we got together. We, we've been wanting to do this forever anyway. We had this decided earlier, uh, frankly, but we released our state. You know, we had our meeting and – that we're going to, we're going to, we've agreed as a coaching staff to not start till January one either. So everything to, to Jack's point, everything in November, December, that usually grinds guys down the nub will now be gone. Yeah. So does that mean, um, have you guys, I guess, been in contact with each other? Are we looking at like just a conference dual schedule and then conference tournament nationals? Well, there'll be a couple extra dates and then it'll be well, dual meets, try, try meets and quad meets, but it'll be, with uh, schools that meet the requirements of the ACC for health protocols. Like we can't, we're not going to be able to wrestle anybody unless they meet the protocols, unless they can prove that they meet the protocols and, and they know what they're doing. That's just is, you know, right? So it's going to be Power Five conferences, conferences that actually have the resources in place and testing in place and protocols in place. Okay. Are there any, good. Are there any travel restrictions? Or like if Stanford met the restrictions, could you go to Stanford? Well, I don't know on that yet. I, I mean, the good news is I think mostly like we've got West Virginia, we've got Maryland, we've got, we've got a lot of yeah. teams. Um, gosh, Lehigh's only a five hour, four and a half hour drive. So um, we've got options. We've got options that are close, thankfully. Um, cool. Coach, I wanted to ask you, I know that y'all are um, doing like a quarantine period um, after like travels. If you went on an away duel, would you have to quarantine for two weeks after that? at dual if things are like they are now really good question i don't i mean no unless you fly no i don't think so because we're gonna like we're gonna go down and wrestle chapel hill right and then the next week we're back at home with pit or something like that you know okay so, so okay. no yeah i think i think the only way the quarantine happens like for example we go to the u.s open in vegas we get on a flight there'd be a 14-day quarantine afterwards yeah if, if we theoretically had a match after. I think oh, Cool. Well, uh, when you when you make your way down to Chapel Hill, if you need a 174-pounder, you need to hit me up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be there. I live a mile away. Um, we got to get we gotta get moving so we can get the one. Yeah, no, I was going to say, let's keep going. So 141, uh, we got Brian Courtney, Nick Coy, uh, then a couple more redshirting guys. So uh, what's that one look like? So another battle. We just like you know Jack and I have been talking about the battle at 25. At 41, 
you know, Brian Courtney did beat Nick out last year and, and Brian had a, had a, had a solid season and he's, you know, two time state champ, flow national champ. He's talented, hardworking, goes really, really hard. His pace is great. Awesome kid, soft of the earth. Jack can tell you you're not going to meet a guy nicer than Brian Corey. So awesome kid. But Nick, Nick Coy is Cam's little brother. Cam Coy's little brother. This dude's a worker, man. I mean, worker. Like he trains. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of times this offseason where I would yeah, I would call Nick and he'd already be on his third workout. And I'm not making that up. So uh, so and um, and I it's funny. Brian is such a humble kid. Last time me and Brian talked, he's like, I know Nick's coming, man. He's looking jacked. He's huge. He's been training hard. It's going to be great. Like, that's how awesome Brian is. He's like looking forward to having a, a real scrap with him. So um, yeah, that should be, um, don't get me wrong. I mean, I mean, Nick last year had, had some, some losses were some head scratchers, and he, but he was just a kid. He was a freshman and he's, he's a much different uh, person now maturity wise. And so that's, and Br Brian is too, though, too. I mean, Brian is engaged. He's a full grown man. He's a fourth year in college. I mean, he's a senior. He's, he's going to be going to, you know, he's finishing up a kinesiology program. That's pretty amazing degree here. So uh, they're both really, really great kids. And then to, to the hit on the red shirts, just quickly, Patrick Noonan was a second in PA States, uh, third at high school nationals kids, a total stud, man. I mean, he knocked off a two-time state champ returning two-time state champ AAA in Pennsylvania to make the finals to begin with and had a, had a hair. I mean, it was this close razor close razor thin in the finals. And then Noah Villarreal is a three-time state champ from Illinois it's a really, really talented kid as well. So, and he can go 49 too. They can, you know, uh, Villarreal can go up too. So that's a little, just depends on what he comes in at. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I was interested to hear about this one for sure. Yeah. It's cool to hear that you got uh, Koi coming in and like working his butt off all hours of the night. Is that, is that a normal thing for a lot of these guys or is that, you know, still kind of stand apart from the rest? I think it's, you know, it depends, right? I mean, I think, um, you know, with our team now, the culture we have now, it's, I think it's pretty industry standard, especially for the guys, you know, that let's say if you had to rank a top 20 guys in our lineup, I mean, they're all this summer, what I was blown away with through COVID is how hard these guys were working, how creative they were be, getting, doing it. You know, I, I just didn't have to worry about it. Like Brian Courtney, for example, he made his own weights, he, you know, he literally made out of concrete, he poured concrete, made his own weights and built a squat rack and, you know, I mean, it's just like things like that just warm your heart, man. You know, I mean, I didn't have to worry about them doing much. That's awesome. Um, yeah, one one thing I found, I mean, I found several things, obviously, but uh, well, something that stood out about Courtney's season, um, and I, I don't think it was last year. It might have been another year, but uh, he he measured uh, All-American Sedarian Perry. So he yeah, beat Sedarian Perry. Yeah, yeah, no, 12, yeah. 12 to 4. So um, that's, I mean, that's a big one for sure. Oh, he's good. I mean, he's good. He, yeah. Uh, especially when you shoot on him, he's got great cradles. He's gotten better on top. He's another one though. He's like Louie in some respects. He'll be beating a guy by four points and somehow end up on his back in the third period when he had the match in hand. And we're like, what just happened? <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. But he, his pace is incredible and he can pin you. He's a pinner too. So. Yeah. Uh, Jack, what do you feel about these two guys? Like, what do you see from the wrestler perspective? Um, Nick Coy, I would say if I had to rank from top to bottom, the hardest workers in the room, Nick Coy's in the top five. Um, I'd have to go back and check, but I'm pretty confident he's in the top five hardest workers in the room. Um, that being said, he needs to develop his skills. Um, but once he does that, he's going to be dangerous. So I don't know if that's what he's been doing all summer. Um, I mean, this four-month preseason is going to be awesome for, for guys that need to develop their skills um, just with no competition, no no real nerves about making weight or whatever. They can just get better at wrestling. I think that's going to be really cool. Um, but Brian, man, we haven't seen the Brian Courtney I know. We haven't seen it. Even that win in, against Perry. I mean, there's a Brian Courtney that I know from high school that that is a, a gamer and he's a winner. And um, – He's a, he's a really good kid, but there's a Brian Courtney inside of him that is scary good. Um, Two-time state champ. He beat, he won one of the toughest Pennsylvania state championships of all time. Um, it was, there was like three or four Pennsylvania state champions that he went through to win that weight. And when we get that Brian Courtney, like, I don't even know what to tell you because that's going to be a scary mother freaker. Um, and so is that 
I mean, Nick Corey can push this Brian Courtney, but the Brian Courtney I know, I mean, there's not many people in the country that can push that. And so that's how I feel about this race. Well, it, I mean, it also has to help that he's entering his sophomore season and finishing up his degree, right? We're talking about possibly the next Tanner Hall being in college for eight years. <laughs> I was looking... <laughs> I was looking on uh, on WrestleStat, and you know, I guess he had the redshirt season the first year, and then a medical, and then freshman season last year. So uh, that's Actually, pretty crazy. Oddly enough, that was his first full year. My wife and I got into a little bit of a going back to my wife again. Had a little bit of a scrap walking the dog tonight when she mentioned something about wrestling or something. And, and Brian came up because we love Brian. He's like, we're really close with him and his fiance. And I was like, honey, he just got in the basically that was his first full season was last year. You know that, right? <laughs> She yeah. didn't, didn't realize. She's like, I thought he was a junior. I'm like, he's a senior, but, and I started explaining. So to your point, it's, yeah, it's been a long road for him. It's crazy. Yeah. It's weird to explain for sure. Um, yeah. He's been in college for four years, but he's a sophomore. Um, yeah. But I mean, that, that weight looks good. I, I'm excited to see that one play out and, you know, hopefully we'll get to see the guy Jack's talking about for sure. Um, but we'll keep moving. So 149, I know personally, you know, again, when last season was going on, I, I didn't know you guys. Um, and I was a huge fan of Denton Spencer last year. I think, uh, you know, I, I was doing, you know, some fancy wrestling stuff. So I was really following, you know, all the programs. And he's the guy that kind of stood out as um, just extra gritty. And, like, I, I'm a real big fan of dudes that are tough on top. Right? And I, I think my fandom kind of clicked on when I watched him uh, – was Maruka? Is the Arizona or Arizona State Maruka? Yeah, got on top and power halved him over. Just that was I mean, wild. dude, yeah. it was brutal. <laughs> so uh, I'm interested to hear what you got to say about these guys. Yeah, so I mean, you know, Alex Cruz is there, Gray Hart, Ray Costa, and we got incoming freshman Luca Erico. But Denton's a Denton's a house, and Denton, and to his credit, Jack's talking about Nick's work ethic. Denton this summer went nonstop. He didn't he didn't he didn't let off the gas the entire summer. I mean, he was going hard. He was wrestling in barns and, and in the field. And, you know, he, he, he did underground. He did anything he could to train. And he's already jacked out of his mind, explosive and fast. And he's one of the best guys in the country on top. So, you know, last year, he had a great season. He beat, he beat ranked guys. You mentioned uh, the kid from Arizona State. He also in, in won the Keystone and beat a nationally ranked guy there. He was a great kid from Appalachian State. All those things. But the turning point for him was a loss, not a win. His turning point in the season was he panicked against NC State. He was beating the kid from NC State the whole match in the dual meet. And he let the crowd get to him, and he freaked out. And he got taken down with, like, two seconds left and lost. And it was unacceptable. And it, and it broke his heart, and it broke our heart. And he decided, I'm not, listen, this thing's got to change for me. And sure enough, at ACC's, he looked like an animal. He pinned the kid from Pitt first round. Then he goes out and, and wrestles. He wrestled the Chapel Hill kid. I think it was number one in the country. And then, but then comes back. I forget what his wrestle back was, but I'm pretty sure he pinned the guy. And then he, yeah, he pinned the guy or teched the guy. And then he had uh, the, the rematch with the NC State kid and he almost majored him. He completely dominated him. So um, that was really important for me and for him to, to, to go through that maturation process. You know, it's hard to do in the, in the course of a month, two months. So yeah. he's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned all of it right there. Uh, definitely had a strong end of the season. I think it's hard to look at losses and take something out of them, but. I think that that loss to O'Connor uh, was a good one, right? Um, I think if I'm correct, I think it was 5-0, um, which obviously you don't want to be on the end of that, but uh, that, that's an O'Connor that was really on fire and was beating up on some pretty good kids. So definitely a measuring stick. I'm excited to see him this year because um, I was a big fan last year. I know I watched him in high school. Uh, I'm from Georgia, so I got to watch him and uh, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know him personally, so I, I can't talk too much, but I know he lost either one or two state finals that he was kind of like pegged to win. I think maybe that like instilled that drive that you're talking about. And, um, you know, sometimes the hardships lead to the, lead to the good stuff later down the road. Um, but yeah, I mean, behind him, what else are we looking at? Cause I, I'm assuming he's going to probably be, be the guy. So, um, yeah. what about these other guys? Well, guys are unproven. That guys are really talented, but unproven. If I'm being honest, you know, Gray Hart and Alex Cruz are really, really, really talented kids. You know, but um, 
you know, they haven't been consistent like that, but hopefully they can be right. I mean, that's, that's why it's a new season every year. And then Ray Costa is one of my uh, guys, again, a New Yorker. He's a long Island guy. Again, I'm trying to bring in some more guys from there and Ray's an awesome, awesome kid. It's a freak athlete. He was actually one of the best quarterbacks uh, in long Island, his senior year in high school, believe it or not, he's as small as he is. He was a nasty quarterback. He was running all over the field. As a matter of fact, it's one of the reasons why I brought him in. I saw his athleticism on the field. I'm like we can show him a double egg, right? You know, and uh, and so he's good too. But but again, I think you got a, You got a senior there at forty nine. It's going to be hard to beat Denton. It's going to be really hard to beat him. So they're going to have to really step up their game. Is he a senior? Yeah, he's Probably. a four. I thought he was a junior. Not that long. No, he's uh, a he's a fourth year this year. Yeah. Okay. Wait, cool. but he redshirted, so he's a redshirt junior, right? Coach. Uh, he's got two years left. That's what I know. <laughs> oh, so yeah, Redshirt Junior. Yeah, we're saying the same thing. I hate Virginia lingo. You don't say like freshman, sophomore. Say first year, second year. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I bet. Oh, Fourth year makes it seem like he's like it's is it. He's done. Yeah, no, he's got, sorry, he's got this year and next year. Correct. Got two years left. All right. Cool. Same page. Um, cool. So we'll we'll get rolling on to 157. I'm excited to talk about um, because we we kind of talked, you know, through text and, and I've talked to people um, and I'm interested to kind of hear what you got to say on these guys. Cause uh, 157 right now uh, I have Justin McCoy projected as the starter. Um, but, you know, I've also heard some other things uh, with people maybe moving around. So um, can you fill us in a little bit on 157 and what you're thinking it's going to look like? Another deep weight with a lot of great battles projected. I mean, first of all, McCoy, um, not only did he beat the Virginia Tech kid who was nationally ranked in the top 12 the whole year, he beat Will Luan from uh, Michigan, who was ranked eighth in the country at the time. He beat the kid from Arizona State, who I think was top 15 by the end of the year. Um, I mean, he's, he just beat a lot of good kids, as, as all as a redshirt freshman, by the way. Um, he's really, really, really good, really talented. I would, I would mark him as one of the best athletes, if not the best athlete on the team right now. Um, he's and he, and and again he's he's battle tested too. He's he had a lot of tough 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 matches. His RPI and the, the amount of guys he wrestled last year was crazy. And as a freshman, he was amazing. You know, as a freshman for us, uh, his redshirt year, I think he went like twenty five and three or something like that. As a reg as a redshirt freshman, he won like three or four opens. You know, maybe twenty five and four. I mean, he was amazing. So he's really good, really really good. Um, uh, and and um. And he goes hard and he's a great kid. And he has a great lifestyle. So, but here's what's crazy at that weight. You know, we talked about Keating. Keating is big right now, but he can go 57. He can go 65. And Jake Keating, oh, by the way, was, was awesome at 57 a couple of years ago. I mean, Jake beat the kid from Chapel Hill twice. who was nationally ranked national qualifier. He knocked off. I mean, how many guys did he knock off there, Jack, that year? Probably four or five guys. And yeah, he, he had multiple ranked wins. He was in the top 20 at one point. Yeah. yeah, he just got he got pinned. He was winning thirteen nothing at ACCs and got pinned and knocked him out of the tournament. You know, after he had oh by the way beaten the kid from Chapel Hill, who they who the NCAA selected over him. So I mean he's 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 really good too. So you got two hammers right there uh, going back. And then Justin Phillips is coming off a redshirt year where he won two opens for us as a redshirt freshman. He's really good. He works really hard. He loves it. Um, and then Patrick Evans and Steinmeier as well in the mix. So again you know, four or five guys deep and, and, and two guys at the top who are battle tested and have all both of them beaten a lot of national rank guys. Yeah. So, I mean, I knew I was kind of talking with Jack before a little bit um, and he mentioned what you just got into where uh, Keating, Jake Keating might come down to 157 or is he a 157 or is he 165? I put him at 65, but um, you know, I know he's wrestled 57 in the past. Well, he would tell you he's a, he's a 57 pounder, but he, you know, he would tell you he's 57. Yeah, he's yeah. He's, he's a very headstrong, stubborn dude. But I, although McCoy today, the word on the street is he weighed 176 today. So he's he and he's jacked. He's got no fat on him. No, they both are jacked with no fat. So, you know, maybe they're both 65. I don't know. We'll see. I think I think uh, I think we had a little COVID pounds on him, and once we start training, it'll work itself out. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So is that a situation where we could see Keating 57, McCoy 65? Yeah, potentially. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I think that, I mean, if there's a season, if, uh, um, if it happens, uh, wrestle off, loser bumps up and loser will be the starter at 65. Jack, please quit saying if you're going to make me cry. I'm very pessimistic at this point. Everything I've wanted has not happened. So 
I'm just saying, just totally pessimistic. Oh, man. I'm supposed to have a fantasy football draft this weekend, but it's not going to happen, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just devastated. Well, you're rubbing off on us, so why don't you shut that crap down right now so uh, we can move on and talk wrestling. Uh, you can have your pity party and cry later. Let's, uh, let's, I don't let's, cry. Yeah, whatever. All right, we'll talk 165. Yep. Uh, there are... Sorry, I cut you off. No, it's okay. I was just going to say, we, at 65, we got a two-time national qualifier in Cam Coy. Um, Cam, as a, as, a, as a redshirt freshman for us, obviously made the NCAA tournament. Um, he was a huge recruit coming out of high school, multiple-time PA state champ. Um, and uh, this year was just a really disappointing year, even though you know he, he missed almost the entire season with a series of injuries and then popped out at ACC's and knocked off Monday from Chapel Hill and beat the – I mean, who was the number one seed at the conference. So – He's got the ability to beat anybody on any given day, but consistency right now has been been an issue. As uh, the year before it was better, you know, the year before he knocked off the Kipmenzi State. He beat, I mean, he put some Duke Fine Silver. He had a lot of good wins, but putting it together at the right time is going to be his thing. You know, putting it together at the right time, staying healthy. Last year was hard for him. It was hard for his family. It was hard for us. He was he was banged up the whole season. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, you know, how, how's he looking now? Is he healthy all those kind of issues behind him i think so i mean he was good all the last six months he's been fine yep that's so, good dude yep. and, and and nick and him obviously trained together up in western pa so uh <clears throat> every time i called nick cam was next to him for a lot of times so you know i think he had a good off season and then again you got keating you got mccoy you got you got other guys sansone and christian kinsey who saw starting time last year and, and david veltre as well so who's a north actually north carolina guy yeah, uh, he graduated from the high school I teach at. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, I actually wrestled with him this summer before it all went down. Really? He came, yeah, he came in one day and uh, I got to wrestle with him a little bit. Or he got to beat on me a little bit. Let's rephrase that. Yeah. Um, what, what about the the young guys behind you? kind of hit on Sansone, Kinsey, Veltri. Um, you also have, it looks like, uh, Isola uh, redshirting. I I can't talk about that one. That one's uh, uh, there's recruiting things going on there, so I'm not allowed to comment on. Okay. It. Um, what about those other three guys? Yeah, because they're all young. Christian Kinsey is um, is actually huge. I think he's going to go 74 this year. I think he's going to go up. He's big. He got really big, but he wrestled a bunch for us last year. He won a couple dual meets for us. Great kid. He's another North Carolina guy. Um, he wants to be so good. Too. He wants to be great. Exactly. He's yeah. That's a kid that you're like you're. He just – that's another kid who works really hard, right? Mueller and wants it really I think good. one day it's going to click for him and he's going to be really good. I think that that's a, that's a guy that, like, keep, it, keep an asterisk by him because he, he could be something. Yep. He came uh, from Havelock, right, uh, out there. Coach Holloman, I, I have a pretty good relationship with. Yeah, um, interested to see how he does. And Dan Sohn is a kid who's a state champ from Virginia that, again, didn't see a lot of time last year because he was hurting. He redshirted. He had a bunch of different things going on, but he's really talented too, but – I think for both those guys, it's not the physical talent because they both have it. It's more of right here. It's more putting it all together. You know, I always I tell Mueller stories about myself when I was young. I was blessed in that I was really stupid. I like didn't know that I wasn't supposed to win, and I didn't know we weren't supposed to hit lat drops and inside trips and Metzgers in the ACC finals as a as a kid. I didn't know. I just was hitting cra all the time, crazy stuff. Like I was Keating Mueller without the motor. <laughs> you know, I would do all kinds. People would shoot on me, and I would jack them up and just back arch him. I would just do it, just throw him in the like, stupid stuff that you're my coach would be like, no, screaming at me. You know, I didn't learn how to sprawl till I got out of college, you know? Um, and so, but my point is this, the Bennett and I lost a lot of matches because, because of it, but I won a lot of matches because of it, because I didn't care. Next thing you know, I had 15 points dropped on the dude. You know I mean? That's a, that's a big thing. Some of these guys, you know, I think they need to figure that part out as opposed to like, it's gotta be perfect. And I gotta do this and my stuff's gotta work. It's like, no, you go out there and you go berserk, man. And then something good's gonna happen. <laughs> I yeah, think. No, for then, sure. I need to worry about the wrestling later. I think. You know. For sure. I mean, some of the some of the best guys we've had in the past decade have been that way, right? Yeah. Like one that comes to mind again. I it just happens to be Penn State guy. I'm not a Penn State fan. I'm an Iowa fan. But uh, uh, which is worse? Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I just have to throw that in every time I'm on with Jack. Um, but uh, David Taylor, right? He's a, and Jason Olf, the guys that would get scored on, 
right? But they just went out there and let it fly. And at the end of the day, they'd end up having 15 more points than the other guy. So, yeah, um, definitely, definitely a mindset that's good to have. But uh, I think that probably about wraps up 65. Uh, yeah. Is that good? Moving on. So, moving on, 174. Uh, we got the battle of the roommates, you guys have told me. Uh, Robert Patrick and Victor, is it Marcelli? Yeah. Our, uh, our roommates and then we've got uh channing connors and we have another red shirt um so uh, coach you want to fill us in yeah so that's another one it's going to be a going to be a war i mean and they're best buddies they live together you know and they're both two awesome kids i mean vic marcelli was in the finals of the world team trials lost to hidley in the world team trials um took second at the national collegiate open as the red shirt force had a great red shirt year popped out last year he dropped from 84 to 74 and wrestled everybody you can possibly wrestle. I mean, he was the, the number one seed at the conference last year at ACC's from Pitt. He was beating him the whole match and just blew it late. He just blew it. And so mentally, and he, he's got to tighten up those mistakes late in matches, but he's really, really good. Robbie Patrick, same thing. I mean, he had, with that same kid, he lost to him in double overtime. Remember Jack and Adumi? Uh, we lost to Pitt two years ago, 16-15 or whatever it was, 17-16, one point. And it came down to Robbie versus that same young man. And it went into double, triple, quadruple overtime and they ended up losing. Uh, so they're both my, – my point is they're so neck and neck on every level. They're both really good. Um, they both have a lot of skills and they know wrestling. One's a multiple-time, three-time PA finalist. The other one's a, a state champ from Ohio. So two of the best wrestling states in the country. And they're both young. They're only uh, – to put it in your guys' terms, instead of saying second year, third year, they're both redshirt sophomores. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so I was uh, – I think that's kind of an interesting dynamic when I was looking into it is that uh, uh, Robert Patrick was your starter two years ago, right? And while Victor Marcelli was redshirting, and then it kind of switched up this season, right? So now you're going to have them both in the lineup and, and competing. Um, how does, I mean, maybe Jack can answer more of this question. How does that one go in the room? Like, what are we looking at with that battle right there? I honestly don't know if I've seen it. Um, you know, I'm always wrestling with the light guys like I can see Kamali and Patch because I'm in a group of three with them or something um I'm pretty sure this was neck and neck uh Robbie's gotten pretty big so like if he were to lose the wrestle up I could see him trying to go up and Vic's very small so I could see him going down almost um or trying to to go down um this one is a huge question mark for me. I have no idea who's going to win this or who, who's going to perform because both these guys have it in them to, to be great, to, to go and, and challenge uh, the guys in the ACC and the NCAA. But um, right now we kind of – I mean, personally, I've been kind of let down um, with how their freshman season started um, with, with Robbie going 9-19 and 19 and Vic going 13-16 and because I know – I know for a fact both these guys are way better than that. And they're way better than that. They should be the second, third best guy on the team, whoever gets the starting spot. Like, that's who they are, especially in the room. Like, Robbie, Robbie's great. Vic's great. Vic, I mean, he got second in the junior world team trials. Like, he almost was the world team member. Beat Bronigal, who's ranked, like, you know, eighth in the country. <laughs> yeah, like, and he beat Norfleet. He's, yeah. He teched he Norfleet. He teched Cordell Norfleet in freestyle. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, like he, he's good enough to – both these guys are good enough to, to like, be on the fringe of All-American uh, you know, pushing the pace with some of these best guys. They just need to break through mentally, and, and they'll be right there. And I'm, I'm excited. I think that uh, having each other for the first year, like, pushing them, I think that it's going gonna, it's gonna, to – the cream's going to rise to the top. Yeah, and at the end of this thing, I, I ended up – projecting uh patrick uh, as the winner um i think you know just in conversations and things i've heard uh, i think uh, it might have been you jack that was saying you know he's looking really good in the room um i don't think that was me because i don't the last time we were in the room together was marsh all right well i made that up so <laughs> Vic's gonna hate me bro he's gonna no. read this and be like no. source close to that's the point jack that's the no. point both look good in the room, but it's got to come out in competition. Yeah. yeah. They're saying, both really good in the room. What are you going to do when the lights are on? And, that's, and, and I, I love them both dearly. We go to church together. I've seen those two guys grow spiritually. I've seen them grow relationally. But, and so, trust me, they, they know I'm going to challenge them in that, in that way. It's like, what are you going to do when, it gets, when, it, when it's on? 
you know, because they're both to Jack's point, Jack, you, by the way, you did a really good job with that. They are absolutely hundred percent capable of so much more. They're really, really good. Really, really good at wrestling. I think that there's a lot of guys that, that once something clicks in their mind, man, once they make the decision to be great, they already have the skills. They just need to go on the mat and do what Patch did um, last year. Patch said, F it, I'm winning this match. And he ended up doing it. So I think that there's a lot of – and Jay. Jay's a perfect example. Jay has no skills. <laughs> Jay Aiello has no skills. But well, this dude says, I am going to beat the hell out of this guy, and I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. And that's what, what's like some of these guys who, who do have some great technique um, need to just make the decision because it, it would be awesome, especially at this weight. And, and I'll tell you what, here's the tr perfect transition to segue us in 84. Michael Batista, who was our star in 84 last year, has no, has zero technique. Has, like, I'm still trying to teach the kid a single leg finish. <laughs> I mean, he has, and yet when he goes out there, you know what you're getting, don't you, Jack? Exactly. He gives it 110%. And he started a breakthrough near the end of the season. Like I, I told you this, Jacob, he was one of my favorite guys to watch near the end. But the thing that sucked is that he had three guys that were in the top five. Yeah. And I think that if he wrestled someone that was in the six through 10, six through 20 range, he would have beaten most of them. Yeah. Like 80% of them. He was the most, one of the most improved guys on the team. I mean, he lost to, at Millens, he lost to the 12th ranked guy in the country in the last seconds. He was a hair away from beating them. He, he battled with Hidley in, when they wrestled. I mean, NC State kid at the time was ranked number two in the country. It was like five to two. Four more, to two. You know, four to two. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. And then, and then ACC, and then he, he majored the kid from um, uh, Chapel Hill in the dual meet. Just absolutely ripped, ripped him. I mean, just went berserk. And then same thing with, with all of his other – he just – his pace and how hard he goes and how tough he is. And it's just – he just it's, – it's everything we want. Everything anybody wants to watch wrestle. Everybody loves him. Here's the other thing. The Jack's point about Jay, nobody wants to wrestle that guy. They hate it. People hate wrestling Jay. They hate it. They hate it. You know, they're not, they're not out there saying, man, he's such a wizard. Technically. You know, they're like, dude, I just don't want to wrestle that animal because he's going to go crazy out there. He's not – he's going to try so hard. I don't want him to try so hard. And that's like Michael Batista. People don't want to wrestle him a second time. So, I mean, gosh, I'm telling you, I, I remember after he wrestled uh, Nino uh, from Bonacorsi from Pitt, Pitt, uh, Bonacorsi, I've known him since I recruited him, so I've known him forever. He goes, man, that kid's tough. And, and Bono <laughs> majored him, but he's like, man, that kid's tough. And, and that's a pretty, and he meant it. Like, he wasn't just being condescending. He was like, he's like, man, that kid fights so hard for every point. And so, um, yeah. So, I mean, there's other guys, 84 too. Drew Peck, who had a great redshirt year last year, won a bunch of opens, had a great record, but um, but it's going to be for anybody to have to wrestle Michael Batista, you know, a seven minute war, it's going to be really hard. Um, yeah. Okay. Talent, really talented guys there, you know, and we got other guys, Loudon Hurd, Hudson Stewart, you know, Channing Connors, but, um, but yeah, those, those two guys for sure at 84, but definitely, you know, Peck's, Peck's got all, got more talent. Um, and I think, I think even Michael would probably admit that, but I, but again, when you look in our room and you're like, man, who do I want to not wrestle in a grind match today? It's Michael Batista. Yeah, and that's the perfect reason for why I wanted to do these kind of follow-up podcasts after writing the previews was because that was 100% a situation where, you know, just looking at it from an outsider's perspective, um, obviously Batista was the, the starter last year and he had really close matches. But if you're looking at just records, like Peck had a really, really good year last year in redshirt. And so, you know, if I didn't know anything about the program, I might be leaning that way, but that's why – I really wanted to get on here and talk with you guys. It's like, what's going on besides obviously me from the outside looking at this. So, and to be clear, look, Peck has every chance to win the spot too, right? I mean, he is yeah. good. And, and um, so, so no one's ruling him out. And, and Michael knows that Michael knows that he's going to have to earn that spot. And that's, I think Michael loves that. I think, and you know, and that's, that's the thing. It's like, will Drew rise to that, to that as well. So he say, man, I can't wait to wrestle this kid off because Drew does have the ability for sure. And so he's, he very well could. And that's what makes it, again, that's what makes it exciting with all these weights. So 97, yeah. though, unlike the other ones. Um, oh, also Ethan Weatherspoon at 97. We got him listed there. He actually might go down to 84, too. I think he might go down and try to challenge both of those guys as well. So we, now that I tried to move forward, we can actually throw him in the mix at 84 as well because Ethan Weatherspoon's another really talented kid, uh, two-time state champ from Michigan. His brother was from America. Travis and Trent Paulson at Iowa State. That's how we. That's how we started that relationship was through those guys' connection to him. But yeah, he was a small ninety-seven. 
Yeah, he was. He was. So he's going to go down to 84. I forgot to mention that earlier. But, yeah, and Jay's the guy at 97. He's ranked third in the country. I, I think he's going to be a national champ. I really do. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I envisioned Hol- hoisting Jack up being the first ever national champ. I had my celebration Rocky slide down and everything, but now it's going to have to be Jay. And uh, does that mean does that mean that Jack has to hold Jay up like Simba style? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, but but I but I mean, obviously, I look. There's other guys that have the ability to be national champs too, so I don't want to just put it on Jay. But I, I think Jay right now is on a mission. I don't know if you can find a more focused individual right now. I mean, shoot, I went to I just grabbed a sandwich with him recently, and it was just like the intensity was like pouring off the kids. Actually, uncomfortable for me, and I'm a nut. I was like, yo, man, relax, you know, like have a coffee, will you? <laughs> it was like, he's, all he wants to do is just, I got to do it, coach. I got I want to plan. I want to do it. And so he's, he's ready to, he's ready to do some damage for sure. Yeah. yeah. That was I for just, sure. Yeah. I don't see anyone in this weight class pushing him. 197. Like there's not really a guy that I'm like, wow, he's really tough or he's really good. Um, so I, I mean, just living with Jay, I know what he's done. I know what, what work he's put in. I think he's exactly like a Michael Machiavello. Um, and uh, freaking, I think that he's going to get it done. There's no doubt in my mind. There's not a guy at 197 where I'm like, wow, he could really push Jay. Um, I think it's, wow, this guy's going to have to go through Jay. And that's just not possible. Yeah. That's how I, that's how I feel. Yeah, this one was, was fun to to write and to think about because when I was sitting down looking at it and obviously I've been following the sport for years. So I I watch all these guys and um, yeah, I mean, it's exciting to have a guy going into the season. He's, I don't know. Do you guys use a specific national ranking, you know, flow open mat? I don't know if you even care. The flow one was the one I saw last where he's ranked really high. That was just the last one. He's ranked fifth by the intermat at the end of the season. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm using whatever rankings you guys use. Um, but, yeah, Jay is ranked number three for Flow Wrestling right now. Um, the only two guys ahead of him are uh, Noah Adams at number one, who he has a win over, who he's 1-0 and against, and then uh, Ben Darmstadt, so, yeah. who they've had some close matches before. Yeah. haven't gone Jay's way, but I know that they've been really close. So um, it's got to be exciting that the guy that's sitting on top right now, he's beaten, he's – not in lost to, in fact, in college. And then, yeah, the other guys had really good matches with, so. Right, right, right. And we'll, 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 we've been on for a while, so we can push forward Jacob to heavyweight. I'm so pumped to say we've got three big, bad heavyweights, finally, man. That's, yeah. that's been such a tr- trial over the years, trying to find heavyweights. But, man, and, and uh, Jesse Knight is going to be redshirt, and he's a multiple-time state champ from Virginia, high school national champ. He's a monster. He's about – literally like 290 pounds, six foot three. Uh, Matus Kudra is 283 pounds, six foot four. Uh, and then obviously Quinn Miller, who uh, over the course of the last two years has knocked off, I don't know, four or five nationally ranked guys, took second at the junior world team trials as well. So he's really, really talented. He got hurt last year towards the end of the year. A lot of people don't know that and I won't get into the specifics, but he trailed off towards the end of the year because of that, but he's back healthy now and um, he's really, really good. And Kudra is uh, a monster. I mean, a monster. He, you know, he was, we got him out of mass. He was the hammer award winner at the journeyman classic at New York and multiple time mass state champ, New England champ. So it's, it's awesome to have guys there have depth there at heavyweight. How big is, uh, is Miller looking? Depends. So some days he's 245, other days he's 230. I think he's about 242 right now. They take a five pound crap at that weight. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Any day he could be, he could be 10 pound fluctuation. It's nuts. It really Yeah. Is. So I mentioned the Louie being one of the guys that would benefit the shortened season. I think Quinn Miller is the other guy. Um, I think he's more skilled than anyone at heavyweight. Um, pretty much like outside of like the very, very top guys, like this guy is hitting low singles. He's, he's just very good. He throws in legs on top. Like he just knows how to wrestle. And you don't really get that at the 84, 97 heavyweight um, very often. He just knows how to actually do the art of wrestling. And so I think if he stays healthy, he's a, he's a very big threat to the rest of the country. Yeah. Um, no, I'm excited to see him because I know that, you know, when I, when I put my ACC rankings together, initially I just kind of like threw people together how I thought it was. And I had him at number two, and then I had to go knock him down because of, you know, the, you said season kind of trailed off with the injury. Um, 
But, yeah, I mean, looking at these guys in the ACC, I, I absolutely think he can 100% beat all these dudes. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see see him going forward. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that wraps up all of our weight classes so far. Coach, is there anything else you want to say about the team moving forward before we jump off? No, just that I'm excited for, you know, Jack was one of the pioneers of this, of changing our culture. I'm scoring points in bunches came out, you know, as a freshman and then moving forward, how every time we go out there, we want to score a lot of points. Um, out tough, out attack is what the Paulsons say all the time. And I think you're starting to see now, like, for example, the Keatings, the McCoys, all these guys, um, the JALOs, the way they wrestle, Louis Hayes when he's on fire. That's what we want to see pouring up and down the lineup. So uh, if you're going to be in our lineup this year, that's the way we expect you to wrestle. So, and thank you guys for doing this, by the way. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I was really excited to get on and chat with you about it because – uh, I want people to, you know, hear about the wrestling, get excited for it um, coming up because I'm excited to see our dual season. All right, boys. All right. I'm hungry. Bye. Bye. See you, Jacob. See you, Jack. All right, guys. I'll see you.